Hello, I'm Justin Belguarini, CEO and founder of Live to Perform, and you are listening to the Warrior Artist Podcast. Today's episode is titled, Are You Having Sexual Intercourse? Kick back, relax, and enjoy the show. As artists, we work years, decades, sometimes our entire lives honing our craft, trying to become masters. And yet it's all for moments, for a great audition, for a great performance, for a great run in a show. But what happens in between those moments? We are doing battle every single day with ourselves and with the industry and with all the things going on in our lives. But the real question is, how do we prepare our minds, our spirits, our bodies, and our business sense to do battle and to win on the battlefield of our artistry? The Warrior Artist Podcast answers those questions and a whole lot more. I'm Justin Belguarini, and you're listening to The Warrior Artist Podcast. Are you having sexual intercourse? That was a question that was lobbed at me in one of the most unlikely places. I was on the red carpet and it was one of the first red carpets I had done post-American Idol and it was for the BET Awards which are the Black Entertainment Television Awards. It's a great show. Really fun to... uh, I mean, I guess as fun as any award show is to sit through because it's fun when you're at home because you can get up and go to the bathroom during the commercials and it's, you know, nobody's got a camera in your face or anything. And, And, you know, it's fun being there too. But after a while, award shows can be a little bit... I don't know, taxing? Is that the right word to use? Anyway, it's like one of those first world problems to have. But I was on the red carpet, and if you've never been on a red carpet before, um, it's kind of like walking through a hurricane um, in your best clothes. (laughs) Really. Because if you go early... It's great because there's not a lot of people on the red carpet and the news outlets are uh, not rushing around. See, it's interesting from the, because I've been on both sides of the carpet, I guess you could say. I've been someone who was doing the interviews and then I've been someone who's being interviewed. And from the side of the people doing the interviews, it's a very lengthy Ugh, crazy process. You have meetings and you prepare and there's all kinds of battle plans you go uh, in with and there's different departments on the red carpet. You have your camera men and women, you have your stage managers, you have your producers and then you have your um, associate producers who are talent wranglers is what they're called and they basically grab the people on the red carpet or they don't really grab them they actually go up to the people on the red carpet uh or their publicists and say hey we're here with such and such would you like to interview we would love to have your talent interview and then the the publicist gets to decide uh, who the talent gets to go be interviewed by Lots of egos, lots of craziness, 
And of course, at the front of red carpets, meaning at the beginning of the red carpet, usually is where the biggest stations are. Like, for example, Ryan Seacrest and E are always up at the front. Entertainment Tonight is always up at the front. Like, right when people first get out of the limo. So then flipping the coin on the other side, there's the talent. And the talent, you know, now, back then, this is before social media as we know it, there wasn't all this fanfare that people could see before the show or before the red red carpet. But now you see it. There's Instagram stories and Facebook this and all that where people are showing themselves getting ready, videos of riding in the car there, and then they get out. And it's, they will even take videos on the red carpet. And I know I certainly have. And it's great because we get to follow each other's journey from the very beginning of the day all the way throughout and it's really cool but this was back then so I got out and one of the first things you do is you depending upon how they have it set up this was at I think maybe the Pasadena Civic Center or something of the like which was familiar to me because that was where I had first auditioned for American Idol in uh, front of the judges for um, Hollywood Week. And so I got out of the car and I had gone to the uh, show, the, the awards ceremony, with Paula Abdul, friend of mine. Um, we shared the same publicist and we thought, you know, it would be really fun because I didn't have any go one to go with. She didn't have anyone to go with. We thought this would be really fun if we went together. And so that's exactly what we did. We just went together and it was me, our publicist. Um, and I think there might've been one other publicist in the car and we were driven, um, in, I think it was just a regular limo. I know that sounds so pretentious. It's just a regular limo. It wasn't like some silly stretch or anything like that. It was just like a, bl- a black car is what they call them. And so we get up to the red carpet and we get out and, you know, there's all the photo photographers and that is the very first thing that you get. So when you get out of the car, you get blasted by, you know, what feels like a hundred photographers at you. It's really probably like 20, 30 max, depending on the size of the actual event. Uh, and especially this event, I think there's more than that for bigger events. And so there was 20 people and they're all flashing. They yell at you. Look over here, here, look here. And it's not like you just stand in one place and get yelled at and have photographs taken of you. There's usually like, depending on again, the size of the event and the length of the, the, the bank of photographers, there can be anywhere from two to three to four different places that you have to start one place, take your photos, look left, look right, look up, look down, wherever. And then you move to your next point, which is, you know, maybe five, six feet down the carpet and the next bank of photographers will get at you and so on and so forth well we did all that and you know it was fun i mean getting to walk the red carpet with paula abdul i mean she uh has always been a hero of mine and i grew up um watching her videos and listening to her music and you know she was she was forever my girl as she was for many people and so we get down to the next 
sort of gauntlet to go through on the red carpet. And that is the press pool. I guess you could call it that. Now, some red carpets will have individual places that you can go to be interviewed with individual camera crews and individual people doing it. But for some reason, this one had a sort of uh, like it looked like a just a group of of reporters yelling out questions and and uh, interviewing people. And it, it, my it was a while ago, so my memory is a little vague, but it was really crazy because they were just yelling out questions, yelling out questions. And there was this one woman um, with this beautiful long hair and these glasses I think she had on. And she was, you know, usually you get dressed up. Even in the press, we like to get dressed up because we're on camera. We're interviewing people and it's kind of a, a special moment, award shows. But she was dressed like literally in some jeans and a shirt. And I think it was like her shtick. It was like her thing to be dressed like that. And so Paula and I are there and we're answering various questions that have been shouted out to us. And this woman shouts out above everyone else. Are you and Paula having sexual intercourse? And... FYI, Paul and I were not. <laughs> that wasn't even a thing. And so we look at one another, eyebrows raised. I think she probably, because she is, uh, especially at the time, she was infinitely more experienced at these things than I was, looked at me and in a way that was like, go ahead, answer the question. And I, of course, turned and I said, no, but I was shocked. I was absolutely floored that someone, because no one had ever, I'd have some wacky questions, but no one had ever yelled out something like that before. I mean, my eyebrows shot up so quickly that I'm surprised they didn't disappear into my hairline when that woman answered, or asked me rather, that question. And so the point of all that is, and what I learned from all that is, be ready for the shock. Because there are people, and I do believe that she fully intended, the, the reporter fully intended to try and shock and provoke some sort of crazy response. Because when she said it, it was so interesting. No one else moved a muscle. All those cameras, all those people there with their microphones and their tape recorders and all whatnot... No one moved a muscle because they wanted to hear the answer. And it was one of those things where had I maybe been less experienced or someone who had a temper or someone who was very devilish, I don't know, I could have given them a response that would have been, I don't want to say front page news because I don't think... E and ET or front page sort of newsy things, but you know what I'm saying? Like it would have been one of the leading videos that night on one of the tabloid shows. And so what I learned from that, be ready for the shock, is because sometimes people will try to throw you off your game just to see if they can make you say or do something stupid. 
And this happens not just in the audition room, but maybe in rehearsals, definitely in life. And so being prepared, and I'm not here to give you life advice. I'm here to really give you the advice that will best serve you in your career. And if you can apply it to your life, then, then that's great. I think I'm going to be doing more of that life business down the road, but that's for another day. Right now, we're focusing on career and in the room, and there are directors, casting directors, producers, writers, who will do and say things to absolutely shock you or to try and throw you off to see if you can be thrown off and to see how, if something were to go wrong on stage, how you'd respond. This happened to me specifically when I was going into audition for Brighter Star, uh, or Bright Star. Is it Brighter Star or Bright Star? Uh, I can't remember. It's the Steve Martin musical that uh, just uh, not too long ago went off Broadway. And I go in and I sing my song and Steve Martin's there. Couldn't have been nicer. And a, a gaggle of other folks. And so I sit down and I read my scene with the reader. And we're going back and forth and it's a scene between... Uh, a woman and I and we're going back and forth and back and forth and the scene's going really well and everything's fine and then we get to the end of it and I say my final piece and we just look at one another because when you're done with the scene instead of dropping and just being like okay and looking to the table to see what their response is. A really great thing is to just stay with the reader and let the table call the scene. Meaning, let the director go, all right, great, thank you. Or the casting director, whomever's on the other side of the table, let them break the magic. So, with that tip and thought in mind, I stayed with the actress I was reading with. And we just kept looking at one another. And I stayed in the moment. And then I got the horrible realization and feeling that, oh my goodness, maybe I forgot a line or the the scene continues. So I looked down at my pages that I had in my hand and there was nothing else. And she obviously got the same sort of feeling because she looked down at her pages And that was it. And so another few moments go by. And now these moments feel like they are about two hours long each. And after I have, for what I feel to be a considerable considerable amount of time, stayed in the moment, in the scene with this young lady, I turn to the table and I said, Am, am I am I missing something? <laughs> That's all we have, folks. And they just smiled at me, and they said, "Oh, we don't we don't know where the scene begins and ends. We're just we're just watching. We're here." And I think I missed an opportunity. I think I missed an opportunity to just improv and be flexible in the moment, and to speak 
and to explore the character and to play. I think next time that happens, I'm going to do just that. I'm going to wait a few moments. I'm going to stay with the actor or actress who is reading with me. I guess actor, doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman. We're all actors now who's reading with me. And if it gets to that point where I start to clench my fanny, you know that feeling that <laughs> that what's going on? Something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong feeling. If I if I get to that point, I think I'm just gonna play. Because why not? Until they stop me, I will not be stopped. And so if that ever happens to you, give that a shot. I know in the moment it will feel very scary, but if you've done your homework, then you'll know. You'll know what to do. And if you don't know what to do, trust your instincts and just do something. Do anything. I mean, at that point, nothing really can be wrong, right? Because they've just given you a whole bunch of rope. And so you can either hang yourself with it, you know, obviously not literally, but or you can just jump rope with it. <laughs> so next time I think I'm going to jump rope with it. But again, that's another example of being ready for the shock. Because again, people will try to throw you off your game, throw you off your game just to see if they can make you say or do something stupid. Or if they can see, they want to see how you handle adversity in the moment. I mean, there's other kind of shocks that people want to uh, do. You know, there's been, uh, you know, for example, the actor Sean Penn and photographers, paparazzi. I mean, those type of shock. Uh, it's like those stories where, you know, he just gets so fed up of people snapping pictures of him walking down the street or trying to take his child somewhere or whatnot that, you know, he goes off and he ends up getting into a physical altercation with them and then of course the other photographers are taking a picture of him beating up another photographer and it just becomes a thing of course there's that I've had some guy in my face when I come out of a, a, an event with a camera and asking me silly questions behaving erratically just seeing what they can do and what they can get me to say and you just ignore those people. I mean, that's some life advice for you. Unless they're being physically uh, um, intrusive. Unless they're really getting into your space and just like trying to hurt you or putting you in harm's way themselves. You can just ignore those people. Be it in life or be it in your career. But in the audition room, we can't do that, can we? <laughs> so... My advice to you is to, when you go into the room, whether it's an audition room or a rehearsal room or whatever, be ready for the shock. Do your homework. So really, and, and the, one of the best ways to be ready for the shock is to be willing and able to be flexible and play. To have done your homework enough to be able to play in the moment and be prepared for whatever may come. I have some other stories uh, about crazy audition room experiences where I had to just figure it out in the moment and, and, 
and do it sometimes multiple times. There's a guy named Bill T. Jones, a, a guy. He's like a god. He's a director and a choreographer. And he had me doing some of the most crazy things, which I talk about in one of my training videos. I mean, literally, I was crawling on the floor. I had no, I didn't know any of this was going to happen. But he had me crawling on the floor and clutching my sides and doing all kinds of things, so much so that he came across the table and he started helping me with them. It was amazing. It was an experience unlike anything I've ever experienced before. But that's a story for another day. In the meantime, be ready for the shock. Do your homework and make sure that you are able to play in the moment, no matter what. That's all I got for you. I'm Justin Belguarini, and you've been listening to the Warrior Artist Podcast. <laughs>